Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What is up, guys? This is David, (laughs) and we are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I am joined with the legend, the man, the myth, the legend, J.D. Rogers. Uh-huh. I'm just kidding. Sorry. I was, I was, I was wondering the thing. Maybe he's on vacation or something. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, dude. Welcome, bro. You have been killing it. Man, I, Thanks. I'm so... I, we, we hand around these intros. And, of course, Mrs. The one and only Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Guys, I'm so pumped. Yes. Let's do this. What are we talking about? Yeah, so we are going to go and venture more, furthermore on our kind of series that we do every now and then called Charismatic or Crazy. Mm. Uh, just kind of the charismatic movement, all that it entails, talking about all things, spiritual gifts, tongues, and all of that. And today we are going to hone in on the idea of prophecy. Is prophecy still alive today? Can we trust uh, prophets of the today's age? Can we uh, even can get more simple of a lot of times you hear these phrases like, hey, I have a word for for you. Um, God gave me a dream um, that I want to, you know, interpret for you on your behalf. I have this image I saw while I was worshiping and I didn't need to come tell you. I mean, I think a lot of people that go to church encounter someone. I know I've encountered people walking up to me and saying, hi, I don't know you, but I have a word for you. Yep. And it can really send you to this place of like, I mean, if you don't know what to do with that, it can keep you up at night because it could be something just totally out there. Like, I saw blue skies and then thunder clouds rolled in and lightning striking and you were weeping. I'll see you later. And you're like, what <laughs> or, the? or it's like, you're going to meet the girl of your dreams, you know, in two weeks. And you're like, oh, I'm already dating someone. And I think, and I think these moments, these people have the best of intentions, mm-hmm. but can cause the worst confusion and hurt if not handled properly. So David, just first off, talk to us about prophecy. What is it? These people that have words for us, like all of that kind of stuff. What, what's going on with that? Yeah. So you said something right before we started recording, JD, that I thought was, was really wise of the reason we call these charismatic or crazy is because there's certain times where someone is doing something and it would flat out be in a you know joking way. That, that's crazy. And then there's times where, man, it's just a more charismatic Bent. And some of the Bible, the word charismatic comes from charisma of the gifts and mm-hmm. um, that there is attention. And when you read scripture, God does divine works, supernatural works all throughout scripture. He still does it today. And anytime a person comes to Jesus, that's a supernatural work. Anytime God decides I'm going to miraculously heal someone, that's a supernatural work. And anytime that someone decides, man, I'm going to leave the ways of my past and surrender to God, that's also a supernatural work. So the tension we walk in in all of these, and these are some of the most commented on, I feel like emailed in where they 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 uh, polarize people or we hear from both sides after mm-hmm. charismatic or crazy. But as it relates to prophecy, I think a lot of times the way that people use it is there will be churches or there will be leaders or there will be, um, you know, organizations led by people who claim to be men of God and they will themselves prophesy and by that they'll claim to speak for God or speak Hey, this is something that's going to happen. It's a message from the Lord about your life, a message from um, God about something that's going to happen in your future or that's going to happen in the future in general. And the danger there is all throughout the Bible, prophets spoke, right? So 
you have Old Testament, there's literally a section called the Prophets, which is that middle section of books, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. The weird names. The weird names. Habakkuk. And they all seem like- Zephaniah. Trendy kid names. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're like super, you know, beautiful, descriptive language, but also a little bit angry when you read them at times. And, and, um, And God established prophets during an era- in Israel's history, Israel is the nation that God said, man, through you, the Messiah is going to come. Really, the Old Testament is primarily about Israel. And God would show up to a person in Israel and say, hey, you're going to be the prophet. I choose to speak to the nation through you. So he would show up and say, Jeremiah, I'm going to have you speak to the nation through you. And, um, and he would then deliver a message. God would say, Jeremiah, tell them this. And Jeremiah would go and he would tell you know, the leaders of the nation or the nation in general. And then, uh, in case you're wondering, like, hey, well, wouldn't just anybody claim like they do often today, like, man, God gave me this message. All of you are supposed to give me your money. And, you know, God gave me this message. You're supposed to give me that house over there. Wouldn't people just claim to do that? And the reason why people would not claim to speak on behalf of the Lord is because in Deuteronomy chapter 13, God makes it very clear. If someone claims to speak on my behalf and claims to give a prophecy and that prophecy does not come to pass, you are to kill that person. So anyone, it was a big deal, God says, if you claim to speak for me Mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen, you kill the prophet. So that's why people were not quick to go, oh yeah, hey, God told me rain is coming and that we need to do this because if you're a false prophet, they would put you to death. But then you fast forward into the New Testament and this is where I think it gets, um, we could almost do several on this, but there is instructions where Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14 He writes this letter. That's what Corinthians is. Most of the stuff that we read in the New Testament, it's a bunch of letters written by Paul, some by James, just different letters. And there, Paul talks about how there's different spiritual gifts to everybody. They're speaking in tongues, which we've done an entire podcast on and what that even means, that you're going to supernaturally be given the ability. I don't speak French, but I'm going to go into France and God's going to enable my tongue to speak French to those different people. There's gifts of leadership. There's gifts of hospitality. And then he brings up the gift of prophecy. And he says this, pursue love. It's 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. And earnestly desire all the spiritual gifts that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies, man, I wish we had time to go through all of these in morning. Isn't it prophesies? Prophesies. Prophecies? Prophesies? It what gets it? me every time. Isn't it the one? I say prophesy. So you may prophesy, and then it's prophes- but prophesy. But people use them interchangeably. Really? Urban. Yeah. Uh, anyway, So you may prophesy. I didn't, I didn't know we were doing a vocab <laughs> workshop here, guys. Yeah, okay. it is. This guy this takes too it. much um, Yeah. <laughs> can't speak anymore. <laughs> but here's the definition he gives in verse three. On the end, the one who prophesies, 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 there we go. There speaks we go. to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So when Paul talks about, hey, the one who's prophesying or who's taking God's word and he's speaking prophetically and he's saying, this is what you need to apply to your life for their upbuilding and for their encouragement or for their consolation. So another way you could be prophetic is saying, hey, I know you're walking through really hard times. Second Corinthians chapter one says that God will allow you to be comforted with the same or to comfort others with the comfort you have received in Christ. So sometimes we walk through really hard times and we know that God is gonna use all things for the good of those who love him. Romans chapter eight says, and also he's gonna use this part of your story to be an encouragement to others and to give comfort in the same way that God and his people have provided comfort to you. That is me taking those scriptures and being prophetic over your life and telling you what is true from God's word. So when we read the scriptures, the um, I think a lot of people think of prophecy 
through the lens of almost like what we would say is apostleship and not to use all these big terms. But when we think of it, we're like, oh, that person speaks for God. Like they could just claim like God told me and they could write a letter and it would be divinely inspired. When Paul uses that term, it's a different way of thinking about it. They're speaking prophetically from God's word. They're not just claiming that anybody can just claim and should claim or that God is always constantly saying, giving these individual messages to people. One of the reasons why uh, that does not need to be the case is because we now live at this time, they didn't have the Bible. We have the Bible. God has spoken through his word. We have books that are contained. That's what we call the New Testament. All these different letters where God has clearly laid out different things. So I would be cautious about anyone who claims to say, God told me blank. If you hear those words, if you've said those words, and, and candidly, we live in a culture where people just throw that out haphazardly. And by that, they just mean, I just kind of felt like you were the one that I'm supposed to ask. I just couldn't shake it. And maybe that was God leading them. Maybe they just, you know, had a lonely morning that day and they were disappointed about something that happened at work and, and something pressed on their heart. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse nine says, the heart is deceitful. This is such a crazy verse. The heart is deceitful above all things, utterly sick. Who can cure it? And we know that God alone can work in our hearts and to bring about um, the deceiving, can work through the deception. But even as Christians, we still have a sin nature or a sinful part of our heart where we can be self-deceived. And so anybody who claims that, man, God told me blank, I just would be really cautious. I would say something closer to, I'm not sure, but I think this may be what God wants me to do. If he hasn't specifically laid it out in scripture, and if you can find a verse that says, you're to marry Sarah, I guess you maybe could find that yeah, in the Old yeah. Testament. But, but that doesn't mean it's <laughs> it doesn't mean it applies for to you. you. Yeah. yeah. And I just would be cautious. It, it feels like we've lost that. And I don't know what you lose other than um, you make it more about you. In other words, um, we've lost the willingness to be cautious. And let's say everyone was like, oh, well, okay, well, um, what do we forfeit if we're not cautious? You forfeit saying something on behalf of God that's not true. And you forfeit making something more about you and your opinion and you than about God and God's word. So if somebody says, hey, God told me, and then they, they read a verse, that's very different. Um, God told me I'm to love my neighbor as I love myself. That's very, very different because that is instruction that God has told us to do. But if God told me I'm supposed to live in this apartment, I just would hold that loosely. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. And I'm not saying, I'd love to hear what y'all, y'all uh, think or anything that I can, we can talk about and bring greater, break, ah, I've been rusty, guys. <laughs> greater, greater clarity to You got it. it. Because um, I think that a lot of young adults I will see will say, God told me blank. And the truth is not that he couldn't have, it just generally doesn't. So I always ask, what did that look like? Someone says, hey, God told me. Well, tell me, how did he tell you? And then I don't think I've ever heard, there was an audible voice that loudly, or maybe I could count on one hand, but um, I just would be cautious. Yeah, that's really, really good, David. I think a lot of times we don't even realize that we can lead people astray. Like our words have power and the scriptures say that over and over that, that your tongue needs to be tamed and your words have power. And I think we can just throw things out. I've even seen this on Instagram and TikTok lately mm. where people are jumping on and saying, I just spent some time in prayer and I have a word for you guys. And it can be pretty direct of, instead of just like, hey, if you're saying repent and turn to Jesus, then I'm like, okay, I, I take like, that's, yes, totally. that's a word. Um, but what do you make? Does this scripture apply here? Um, Matthew 12, 36, that every, 
I say unto you that every careless word that men shall speak, they'll give an account for in the day of judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think um, when you look at the book of James, which we're about to cover and dive into, he talks about how teachers need to be really careful with the words yeah, because they're in a position where they are speaking and they're exhorting from God's word and they, should, they will be held to a stricter judgment because by nature of the fact that they're playing that role, they're going to give an account for those things. We're also told in Romans that we're going to give an account for everything that we do and every word that we say, like Jesus is saying. So I just would be really cautious anytime that I'm thinking through that. And to your point, here's the tension I think that the fine line is when someone says, I've spent time in prayer and I have a word for you. Uh, maybe by prayer, they mean I was reading my Bible and praying it. And the word was just a reminder. And this is the word that they say, everything you're going through, if you're a believer in Christ, God can use for the good that you're going to walk through in days ahead. Like that's a great word. And it becomes a really fine line because a lot of times I have been spending time in prayer and I just need to tell you that any challenge that you're facing, you are an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror in Christ and you are going to succeed. You're going to get that job. You're going to have that relationship. You're going to not uh, face infertility anymore. You're going to, which is not true. And, um, and as we've talked about so many times, like the sad thing is people then attach that and they go, I'm going to have it. It's going to work out for me. And then it doesn't. And you begin to go, maybe this whole thing is not real at all. So I, I think there's a lot at stake. There is no clear indication that you should be fortune telling for other people's half. You can be prophetic and using God's word and um, calling people to live their life according to God's word. But anything that claims uniquely you have revelation from God, it just would be careful and test it against, to use the verse that you referenced earlier in 1 John, test it against God's word. Yeah. Um, I was reminded one time I was on the phone with JP, uh, former coworker of David Marvin. Oh, yeah. And former director of The Porch. And we were talking about some life decision. I can't remember what I was complaining to him about. And uh, he, I had said, I feel like God is calling me to, and in very JP fashion, he was like, stop right there. And just like, I was like, uh, I don't really know him. I didn't really know him that well. And he was like, I would be <laughs> really, really slow and think about what you're about to say. Because if God is calling you to do that, that means that you are now entering into disobedience by not doing it, yep. no matter the cost. Yes. So if like God is calling you to move to this city or to do this thing, you don't get to wait for uh, healthy finances and uh, benefits and a wife and all these different things. Like you better go- surrender and go, or you're about to be like Jonah and get tossed off the boat. And uh, anyways, I won't go into all that. But he 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 said that to me, and ever since then, I'm like. Oh gosh, I'm not because now JP would have an accountability in my life to be like, uh, you're being disobedient because you said God was calling you to this. Yeah. And I think so many times we flippantly throw out like, yeah, God's calling me to be single. Yeah, God's calling me to date that person, or God's calling me to break up with you, or God's calling me, God's calling me. And it's it's belittling the 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 majesty and like the lordship of God in our life. And I think in the same way, we just have to be so open but cautious to when people are doing the same with God told me. Yep. Because if I'm going to receive this, I better really listen up. Like if God told you to say, the God told you to say this to me, this is going to have direct impact on the future of my life. That's right. And I better listen. And so two things I would say. Uh, first, if you're so vulnerable to hear this from someone and latch onto it and be like, oh my gosh, this is... 
crazy. I, I can't believe you just told me that I've been walking. I've had a hurt hip and that reminded me of this. And maybe that's what God's got. Maybe God does want me to buy the car yeah. <laughs> now or something like yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. like that. Um, I would say that could say a lot about who God is to you, like how you approach the word of God mm. and let it speak to you. If you're so kind of tossed to and fro by a word from a person. And so just ask yourself, man, did the, do I, am I like radically impacted when someone has a word from me? Because if you're constantly in the word of God, you should be very versed in receiving word from God because yep. it's living and active and it speaks to us today. And I always say to people, hey, I think one of the reasons why we're so quick to latch onto people's words is because we're searching so much for a word from God. And it's, and I, we always say around like, if you want a word from God, turn to the word of God and it's living and active and it's, and it's can be used. It says, and we say this verse all the time, uh, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And so if you want a word from God, go to the word of God. And if you're so desperate and hungry for some prophet or for some person to, to give you a word from God, you're missing out on what the Bible can be to you. Yeah. That's what it's full of. Totally. To run the risk of going to the other extreme and people hearing and thinking like, okay, well, can God speak to me? Can the Holy Spirit? Like there's sometimes where I just feel this nudge. Um, what would you guys say to answer, answer this question? But can the Holy Spirit speak to me? Can I be out in a public place and God's just nudging me saying like that person, go talk to that person or, or whatever, speak to that. Mm -hmm. I think he arouses convictions from his word for sure. In other words, if I'm sitting there and I'm sitting, this happens often where I'm out and I feel like, man, I need to, I need to share the gospel with that person. I need to talk to them about it. Mm -hmm. I can know with a great certainty, uh, is the spirit telling me to do that? Well, he already has in yeah. the Bible. So he will stir up different and bring to mind convictions from scripture that he's already laid out there. Can God speak and show up and do something? God can do anything. He's God. I just think... It's almost hard to even cover the subject because our framing of prophesying or prophesying is so different <laughs> from the prophets in the Old Testament. Like what they would prophesy about was not, hey, you're going to marry Beverly. It was destruction is coming from the hills in years now because you have not lived according to God's word and you have stiffened your neck in rebellion. Like you read it and they don't read very rarely does it happen to be like with Naaman where it's go wash yourself in the river and you'll be cleansed. That happens very, very rarely. Prophets in the Old Testament Take God's word and they say, because you have been disobedient and live this way, destruction is coming upon your land. And they tell of, if you do not repent, and they're just taking things that are true and saying, if you continue down this road, destruction is coming. And often they're hated for it. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah was hated. Mm -hmm. Isaiah is hated. In other words, they're not usually prophets in the Old Testament. The way that you see them is not some guy showing up being like, I think this year God's told me you're going to get a car. It's, it's like, that's not even in the same ballpark of the types of prophesying that people have there. So um, I just think we have such a distorted view when it comes to that. And can God show up and tell someone um, that you may get a car? I guess so. But more likely when he's going to speak to us, you can know if it aligns with his word, hey, God, I feel like God is leading me or he may be leading me. And I feel led that I need to give this money away. I just got this bonus and I feel like I'm supposed to give it away. God, all throughout scripture says, be rich in good deeds, be generous because your heavenly father knows he's going to provide for your needs. So you can know like, man, did the spirit do that or not? 
I'm going to walk in, in accordance with God has called me to be generous, so I'm going to do that type of thing. But I just think the whole realm we see this through is so distorted mm-hmm. when it comes to prophesying. It's so, it, I feel like it's so circumstantial, emotional, and like feelings oriented. And that's what leads. And that's what we have to be careful. And just to read the scripture we referenced earlier in 1 John 4 Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so I would just say, man, have enough understanding of God's word and truth to be able to test spirits. A lot of times I think we get so caught up in this and we're so afraid to re- to receive something like this because we don't know how to properly test it Yeah, because we don't know what truth looks like. So spend time being devoted to God's word so that way you can identify if something is coming out of bounds from God's word. It's the best way to know if something is real or not to be able to test it and if it can hold firm. Um, so uh, let's wrap up. Here's what I'd say, David. Earlier you mentioned uh, a quick like, man, when someone comes to you with a word, you say, hey, how did you receive that word? Mm-hmm. Are there any other um, just like practical when someone is, a, a, here is it from the from the pulpit, hey, I'm looking for someone in a blue dress. Where are you? Blue dress. Okay, yes. And, you know, or, and, and God has a word from you and they call, you know, or um, someone comes up to you, I had a dream or whatever it might be. And can, can I add in this yeah. too? Or if that is part of the church that you're in right now, that's a regular thing that's taught that everyone's doing it. I answer that too. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So what would you say, how do you remain open but cautious and respond in love to that person um, moving forward? Yeah, I mean, the same thing you would say and Laura would say, if you want to be cautious, you want to love that person, you want to ask them how they got there and look for a chance to like direct them and go, hey, man, tell me, why do you think that? What led you to think, feel that way? Well, I just had that idea popped in my head. Do you feel like every time there's an idea that pops in your head, it's for sure from God? I got a lot of ideas that pop in my head I know that are not from God. <laughs> and um, and if they can't say, well, I know it's from God because here's where the Bible verse that God says we're called to do that type of thing, then I just would be really cautious. And I do think churches have, there's places that it's a free-for-all. Everyone turn right now and prophesy over the people next to you. And and those environments, you have people going like, hey, today you're going to leave and there's going to be a man with a hat and there's going to be a red door. And at that red door, you're going to find something waiting and, and God's opportunity for you. And you know what? Statistically, there's a good chance you're going to bump into a guy with a hat and pass a red door. And then you're going to be reading into everything. So I, I just, I think where the other side, people will come back and they'll go, no, but they told me the red hat in the door and it happened. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I mean, there's hats out there and there's doors, so it may, but if it's not, affirmed from God's word. If you can't right now, when somebody says something, go, man, here's directly in scripture where I know that what they're saying is from the Lord. I just would be really cautious. And I would put that in the category of maybe, but if it's not from God's word, we have been given a more sure word to use the scriptures. And um, if I can't connect it to that, I just need to proceed with caution and not hold against God things that he has not clearly said. It'd be like me holding against JD, something that you said on behalf of JD. And JD's like, I never said that. Who would have what Yeah. And you were like, no, JD told me that you need to wear a suit to views from the porch. I'm like, I, I don't know why, but he I wore did a suit. Tell me that, and you're but... like, why do you, I didn't mm. say yeah. you needed to wear a suit. And I'm like, I can't believe you told me to wear a suit. And I'm holding against JD things yeah. that he never said. Yeah. And I think that's one of the dangers in, in this whole conversation. And, um, but man, everything tests everything we say, JD says, anybody that you're listening to, what, where does scripture affirm? or speak to or say about what is being told. So So good. good. I love it.
This is that's fun. It. Love learning from y'all. Love being with y'all. Come on, baby. All right. Hey, that's it for us. As always, if you have questions, email us at infotheporch.live. We will see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.